Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, I have a new friend, Shalita Grant. Shalita, a Tony-nominated actress who made headlines when she courageously left a popular TV show due to her struggle with traction alopecia and hair damage, which affected her in front of millions of viewers. Determined to find a solution, she developed a groundbreaking plant-based hair treatment that addressed her own complex type 4 hair issues. This led her to establish Four Naturals Hair, which has now expanded into nationwide salon and home care treatment system. With its plant-based active ingredients, the Four Naturals treatment has become a transformative solution for textured hair. Through her brand, she has empowered her clients, lovingly called Curl Friends, to experience newfound freedom and confidence with their type 4 hair, whether on vacation or in their daily lives. When Shalita's patent goes through, she will make history as the second black woman to hold a patent for a natural hair product. I also fanned out a bit on the show, I'm not gonna lie, she was also on a very popular Netflix show, not the one that we're talking about that she left, but she's a great actress. Look her up. It's really an honor to have her here. Also welcome back. I always love having my young stars on the show and TK is one of those young stars. TK is a self-professed rich auntie and a visual artist. She loves exploring the full potential of audio. She's been heard on WBAI New York, TK in the AM, Bonfire Radio, BuzzFeed's Thirst Aid Kit and Here to Slay podcast and audio drama from W.E. Du Bois' The Comet, The Weeksville Project, to Take Me to the Water, a 2020 Sarah Award-winning piece for art history podcast, Ascension. TK spreads the gospel of radio, podcasting, through workshops, mentorship, public speaking, and was listed on Current.org's Black Talents in Public Media You Should Know. She also serves on the board of the Association of Independents in Radio. And I love having her on because TK always has some strong opinions and I love how she shares. So get ready. It's an amazing episode. I cannot wait for you to hear it. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we've made some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast. And Twitter is friendslikeus10. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friendslikeus. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you. We keep going. And now, for our golden friends, you have the option to watch our recordings live. Backstage, go to Patreon backslash friends like us and be golden. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, and tank tops. They're all available. Go to marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick. My wacky friend, Dave Jaskow. We give updates to the show. We shout out fans who leave reviews. And we have surprise guest friends from the podcast stop by. And sometimes we offer free stuff, like tickets to comedy shows. With friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. Wear a mask still if you want to. Be kind. And Black Lives Matter. I'm with TK. 
<laughs> she's a producer and she's my niece actually and i used to date her uncle that's what's there there's some drama all right and oh Lita grant she doesn't know this but i'm so starstruck <laughs> Because let me tell you, so I was telling TK this before you joined us. You know, I get a whole bunch of emails. Everyone's like, you know, we want, would you be interested in having this individual on your podcast? They do this. They sell this products. I was just so into the, the, the hair products that I didn't even pick up who you were. And then I saw who you were. I know this is not really the way we, you know, because I want to get to your products. But let me tell you something. As a comedian, as an actress, as someone who's been watching like a lot of shows on TV, watching black actresses, when I saw you on You, okay, which is one of my favorite shows, I was like, who is that? Because she's so different. Her choices that she made as this character was so original. It's such a different black character from anything I've ever seen before. And something that I was like, I love this character so much. So thank you. Thank, thank you, you for thank that. You. No, no, I just genuinely mean this because sometimes I'll have actresses on that I have to watch before, you know, and I'll be like, oh, I love you now. When I realized who you were, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> you jump out at the screen. There are certain actresses that just I want to see more. OK, that's it. Oh, that's my little fan. <laughs> fanning out. Okay. Thank you. Tell you that I so TK is also here. TK has been on the show several times. TK, tell her tell her a little bit about yourself. So oh. <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm a producer from Brooklyn, New York. I do visual arts as well. And uh, I'm a general shit talker. And before we got on and I was doing my research, too, I saw that you were in you and I had to stop watching that show early. So I was telling Marina, I said, well, girl, when they put a black girl up there, I was like, I don't need to see this white man harassing her. So I'm gonna stop right here. But then she said, you know, that I don't have anything to worry about. So now we cool. You're right. Watch it. So, okay. So I just wanted to say hello, girl. Hey. <laughs> but more importantly, TK, you wrote this and I want to share this with Shalita because it's important. I think Shalita can relate to you saying this on your birthday. You wrote, this is hashtag TK day theme. In this season of letting go and change, I have been blessed to be surrounded spiritually and physically by my friends. I am so motivated to keep this energy and I will not be shy about asking for it. Hashtag TK Day is about asking community to support me in my joy. It's about creating a way of life outside of the norm. It's about love, loving myself and being loved on so I can love and return, so I can be filled up and renewed, so I can pour it back out. I wasn't able to do that recently. Now I feel like I'm on my way back little by little. This season is not over. The tenets of T hashtag TK day dictate that I rest, that I ask for what I need, that I follow my intuition and listen to my body. It is not just a day. It is not just a season. It's a lifestyle. So some days are tough. Some days are good. And I, mm -hmm. I applaud you for writing that. It's beautifully worded. It's beautifully said, especially because we're recording on Juneteenth Day. Yeah. And especially because we have Shalita Grant here, who actually encompasses everything that is. So I just Thank wanted to share that. Yeah, yes. that's beautiful, TK. Thank you. And I'm happy for you that you found 
that breath in your life. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah. been just leaning into rest, rejuvenation. And I think we all have a similar story, right? About like, shit doesn't go our way or it continues to not go our way. And then your body starts to yell at you. And girl, I mean, it's, it's us in here on Juneteenth. The fibroids were hopping, just coming out of my body and it was mm. crazy. And then, you know, the job stuff. And then I lost my, I lost my pet, you know, and like, like I take Aww. pet, you know, pet love very seriously. And you know, just like so many life changes that I was like low key. I was like, am I like, I'm hurt y'all. I'm hurt. So when I was able to be come more happy, I was like, what am I doing to be more happy? I'm sleeping. I'm eating better. I'm mm -hmm. asking people to a leave me alone or bring me food or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you got to say the thing and I, it's, I'm not trying to be a strong black woman today. Yeah, no, no, no. no. So, a, a lot of your stuff that, uh, Shalita, uh, you know, with your challenges in the industry, I just was identifying with and just like, you know, I just want you to, um, keep listening to your body and keep making these solutions for us, you know? Yeah, man. Yes. Okay, girl. Yes. <laughs> so, Shalita, tell us about your hair products for Naturals Hair and why you started it. What was the catalyst for it? What was the cause? What they yes. Do? What they do to you? Yes. So, you know, <laughs> um, I'll say that in just in keeping with the TK spirit of it all, I'll come from the point of like what I decided to do about what they did and then we'll go through it. So 2018, I left my job. I left my first series regular job, uh, NCIS, um, after years of what is best described as hair discrimination. Um, and one of my, I had two giant fears. My first fear was that I would never work again. Like that was like, if you leave this job, you'll never work again. Um, and my second fear was that I was going to have that experience again, you know, because I have very typical black hair, but I have an atypical career that requires the use of my hair. And in 2018, when I left that job, I was in therapy like the entire time. But my therapist said, you know, you need to try a different modality of therapy. Now you need to try somatic therapy. Somatic therapy is best, like everybody knows it as trauma therapy, but soma, the body, because there is an, uh, there was this Vanderbeek, uh, the doctor that discovered the link between the PTSD that the soldiers were having and the physiological feelings that they were having through their bodies, right? And so when he he created this like modality of being able to track your emotions as they appear in the body. And when you deal with the body, and he wrote this book, The Body Keeps Score. When you deal with the body, then you're able to really be the master of your emotions, right? But it's a body that makes us aware that we're having these feelings, right? Because the body is reacting to your present situation with past trauma. The stuff that looked like before, the body is like, we're here, we're here. That's that fight, flight, freeze, right? And so I did three months of that. And then I worked two jobs, <laughs> did two recurring arcs. And then in 2019, I'm laying down, I got all this money and all this time, and I'm just like feeling my feelings. 
And I had some strong feelings about Kenya from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, I was like, I'm jealous. This is what jealousy feels like. Mm. This is what envy feels like, right? Because here is another black woman with long, gorgeous, strong hair that can do stunts my hair could never do. <laughs> and, you know, she's being watched in front of less than a million people live, you know? And here I was on this huge show, you know? And you compare your circumstances, right? And I was like, wow, okay, baby girl, we can try to heal that. Let's try to heal that. And so I just use my curiosity, right? And so what was I curious about? I was curious about why my hair responded to water the way it did. Why, when I decide to detangle my hair, I have two clumps of hair on the side of the bathtub and I still have a head full of hair, but when am I gonna go bald? Why is it that the best solution for my hair is underneath a wig, you know, or using extensions? And what I experienced in the, the job, the NCIS job, was basically what every black woman experiences in Hollywood, which is because they don't know how to work with our hair, they make it our fault. Yes. So I just worked with a black woman like last month, a month and a half ago, young, working on a show in Canada, hot topic, working on a show in Canada, but she's with SAG, right? Not the, the uh, Canadian unions. Well, she does her own hair every day. Crazy. That is literally the definition of hair discrimination. Yes. Like it's, it's, it's different treatment. And so I wanted to be able to, like, I went to Juilliard, right? Like my hair, the betrayal that I felt, those betrayal feelings that of that inconsistency and that not understanding why my hair goes left when I'm clearly going right, right? Mm -hmm. Like that body betrayal, I had to deal with that. And I came at it through all of these different ways, but at the end of the day, like, you know, one of those ways was pole dance. So I used my, you know, sensuality and I would do these mirror uh, meditations when I was polling. And when I first started, I was pulling in a wig and I kept coming back to the fucking wig. So <laughs> then it was just like, take the wig off, you know, and that was a big thing internally. I'm going to show up without a wig. And then I went through that whole, you know, scenario with my real hair. And so, you know, for me, it was, I have to fix this because I've been to the top of the mountain. No one is coming. No one's up there and no one is coming. Love Beyonce, but even her hair care line, darling, I've worked with people that have done your hair and it's not transformative. It's not like doing Beyonce's hair makes them better hairstylists. It's just clout points, right? And right. so I, I, I wanted real shit because I wanted to do fake shit in my job, right? And so, and so I, I had to get real with my hood rat friends. You with my hood rat friends. That's all I want to do. That's it. You know, and like carefree, you know? <laughs> so I created the four natural treatment. And in that creation, it was combating like all of these like racial beliefs, right? Like I had to cycle through those feelings of like when my hair gets wet and it goes into the fro, like what is said about that? Like what is wrong with that? Mm -hmm. And then like 
you know, when I approach my hair, like, what do I need? Like, how do I even touch my hair? Like, when I detangle, how am I detangling? How am I approaching myself? And it's very raced. And so when I went to cosmetic chemistry and got these journals and things, I learned like at the heart of like, what was, what at the crux of it, what are we doing wrong? Like, and how have we been undermined as a community, right? Because one of the things that I came to, I think you'll love this, but one of the things I came to, I was smoking weed and just like thinking, (laughs) and, and I was like, yo, you know, how do you rob an entire population of people? Cause I was like, grappling with that. It's a billion dollar industry. The hair, black hair industry is billions dollars. It's a billion dollar. And none of us like got it, right? Like it's not going to us, right? So I was just like having this high moment. And I was like, you know what it is? It's robbery. How do you rob an entire people? You convince them that they have no value. Dang. It reminds me of the Chris Rock doc, which I don't know like if it resonated because he did it. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, know, we, this was, was pre-slap. Move, <laughs> it was pre-slap and it was a weird move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I felt like the conclusions that he came to were like, they, it weren't, it wasn't transformational. I think it was just a informational. And I think the information was enough for where we were, you know, as a culture at the time that it came out, but the conclusions were yeah. not, and he was also speaking to the choir, right? So like what, okay, we know, now what? Or is he giving this information to white people? Because we know white people don't go see black things. Yeah. So and that. and or was this like an, an Oscar grab, you know, because right. it's a documentary and it's a less, you know, for me on the other side, I'm like, yeah, it's less competitive on that side. And then if you put a name mm. and then you get voted and da, 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 like what was the, the, the point of that? But yeah, like it does bring that to mind. And I hope that when you think of it, Marina, you realize we ain't did much since. We like, not. <laughs> nothing you know, happened. I love what you're doing because it reminds me of my first moment when I, well, I had a couple of moments as, a, as an actor. You know, I, I think mine wasn't so much, well, it's always hair, right? But it's also <laughs> makeup. Like when I did mm-hmm. the Jim Gaffigan show, um, who I love, I love Jim Gaffigan, but the first one before they did the pilot or was it the second no the, the they you know they they didn't do the pilot and then they did redid it and re-aired it on a different network so it was a whole different group of people and the woman who did my makeup did nothing she did nothing on my face like she didn't she literally like patted my skin for oil and barely and then i said um I am assistant at a, at a Catholic school, but I, I'm assuming my character does wear makeup still. And also, I have to look good on screen so that they cast me again. Like, I, was, this, I didn't say that part. I wish I had. But I, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, why is she not doing anything for me? And then she just got, she got silent. And I wasn't even being aggressive at all. I was just asking. And oh she God. just like dead at me she just didn't want to deal she's like this is what it is this is it's a catholic school you don't need any makeup you don't need anything i went to my trailer i was so upset i remember texting amy schumer and going amy what do i do like and here i am i'm texting a white woman right (laughs) but amy has 
said, I've had these experiences too. And you just have, you just put a little makeup on in your trailer and you'd be amazed at how many actresses I've seen actually get aggressive about this stuff on sets. So you do have to kind of speak up, but I wasn't in that position. So I felt like I, like you just said, I felt like I would never work again or I would get fired from this job. I remember the other actress, Jessica Kirsten, was playing a street person who was like a panhandler, unhoused individual. And she told me, she goes, Marina, I got a lot of makeup. I go, what? She was like, I got glammed up. Like, I was like, take some of this down. And then the cost wardrobe person I had to speak to why I'm speaking to the wardrobe person, I had no one who was in charge. And the wardrobe person said, I am really sorry. I don't know. I got to be honest with you. I don't know what this is about. I've never seen her act this way. Mm. So when I hear you talking like this, Shalita, I feel you. Can, can you just go back to that moment of what that initial reaction was when you had to stand your ground? So it was, you know, when you're, the when you're like on the series regular side and you're also black and it's also your first time like the every level there's a new devil oh no that's Juana's phone and See? not mine just so you know you, you know there, every there, level there's a new devil there's a new devil <laughs> yes <laughs> but every level there is a new devil I mean they're all the same but it's just it's the same, same, but different. That's what they say in Thailand. Same, same, but different. Mm. Same, same, but different. So what does that look like? That looks like I came on the show at the end of season one and I had like my hair, I was straightening it with a wig. But this was, you know, in my real life, a response to I straightened my hair one time for an audition after I graduated school and my hair was damn it straight. And then it was just like two years of me trying to figure out what to do with my hair that like in some parts were just like stringy straight. And so I got nominated for a Tony. And if you look at my Tony season, my hair starts out one way and then I end in a pixie cut and then I go to Hollywood. So then in Hollywood, I'm doing these wigs and things because, you know, I was told by a commercial agent when I moved over there, I had my little pixie cut, did my meeting and they were like, yeah, she seems really young and effervescent, but looks old. You know, would she be comfortable like wearing hair? And for me at the time, it was like, hell yeah, wear what you want. Just hire me. So but but it didn't like it wasn't something that went over my head. It was like, oh, I always knew that, you know, I've heard this before, but now I'm I'm here. OK, all right, cool. So when I came on in season one, you know, my hair, I was still growing it back and I had attached this like wig and then I get the job and I'm like, if I'm in there, I'm in there. So I was like, let's talk to them. We got to change up the look child because this New Orleans like I can't do that humidity. You know what I'm saying? So of course they're going to let in this New Orleans. It's a black ass city. Like people got this hair like it's going to be great. And what we got was. We have to test it because we don't want the curl pattern too curly. Oh, yes, they do. do yes. And then the director, oh. producer, executive producer for three years. This was his thing. I don't want vanity. My character shouldn't have vanity. Attaching a wig to your head as a cop is the definition of vanity. Yes. 
But but that's the gaslight al- yeah. alternate universe you're in, right? And so for years, it was, you know, I need this, but you can't have it. Then if something goes wrong, it's the, well, you can always tell us, like, you know, after the fact. And in those conversations, it was like, well, I told it. Well, you didn't tell me. <laughs> and then they also do this thing where they say on camera, it just doesn't look neat enough, right? No. Yeah. Or it looks greasy. Yeah. You know, it looks greasy. You know, That's... I had a black woman actually do that to me. Is that yeah. white? No, no. Yeah. And and P.S., can I let you know, the person doing my hair was a black man the entire time. And so this is another way yeah. that they are like sidelining their responsibility and guilt by hiring people that are black, but are not skilled in the thing that you are asking them to do. He was a barber. Uh, he was a barber. He was also on the closer side of retirement. So his eyesight was bad. So when I had the year of extensions and they, they would pop, he was like, he couldn't find the string. It was a mess. And then because of my like love for us, it was me doing the work because I don't want him and I know he's got a family and uh, and so I'm gonna, you know, work with him. You know what I'm saying? I'm work with you. Okay, I'll take care of it at home. Or okay, I'll I'll tell them something else. You know, it was that. So it wasn't just like a moment. It was the lifestyle. Like that was the day to day. So you can imagine how fearful I was, you know, leaving the show because. I made it to the top. They got all the money, but I was still paying for my stuff, you know? Yeah. So it was like, I I don't know what the rest of my career will be like if I'm still this Shalita, right? Which is fucked up. But that was the reality. I won't have the kind of career that I want. Juilliard grad, so I can transform into anything. I love it. I live for it. I love playing an undercover whatever. I was like, yeah, we could change it up and change up my look. And that enthusiasm was met with like, no, no, no. Do That's you, not how we see her. You, are, I mean, I hate to make this, I always like kind of bring it back to me, but I can just, I'm hearing all, everything you're saying and I'm realizing there was a pivotal moment in my stand-up career. When my manager said, are you sure you want to go? You see, my hair is natural. Yes, it's beautiful. It's been natural for 20 years, maybe 23 years or so. And I remember my manager going, why are you doing that? You look so good with like the, because I used to wear the braids and the straight and the braids slash straight hair, right? Mm-hmm. And he's white. And Jewish, by the way, which is important to mention because they also go through this. Um, and I have a Jewish, my, my, one of my closest friends, almost comedy sister, Rachel Feinstein, told me that a lot of her Jewish friends would tell her, you need to straighten your hair or you're never going to make it in this business. And I used to tell her, your hair is so beautiful. I, wow. Okay. You know, but I'm thinking to myself, if that is what they're telling her, and my manager was Jewish, then what is his perception of my career then? And where is it going? And where does he not see me? Because I've gone 
why you know the hair that's coming out of my hair is actually out of my head is actually showing yeah and i and i did did see a different in selection in the way they they weren't picking me for a lot of stuff for stand-up because i didn't have the look they were going for and i didn't even know in stand-up they were going for a look until actually recently and i started to and I'm in my 50s, right? Mm-hmm. And I just started to put it together. I'm like, it was always about a look. Yeah. So what's the anyway. stand-up look? I mean, real, just like, I need to know I mean, if I need wanna, to waste my time or not. I got know. these dreads. It, 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 <laughs> I, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, there were a lot of comedians who were making it because they had straighter hair as black women. That's wild. Or were wearing straighter hair. Or wearing straighter hair and getting roles. Even though the commercials had more layers to it you had black women with textured hair natural hair or froze and all that but like for what they were looking for a look mm-hmm. wasn't what i was doing okay when i had straight hair if you see my first premium blend that's when they were like oh my god yeah and mm-hmm. after that it just kind of went away like yeah. i had to still just my funniness kept me obviously my funniness kept me the whole time you know, yeah, uh, they couldn't deny that I was funny. So they came, right. they were like, Jesus Christ, she keeps coming back. Um, you know what? It's wild, y'all. Like I'm I'm listening to y'all and it's you are uh, you both are doing very public facing work. We have to see your hair or we have to see what's on your head. Right. Hat or otherwise. And then what I do or what, what we do, you know what the black ladies do to get a job. We'll put it in a bun, slick it back so you don't know what's going on. We'll get the job three weeks in. Psh, right natural mm-hmm. because i dare you you know what i'm saying yeah like, you you might but what they do once you get in they'll cover it up and they'll be like well you are aggressive or you talk too pointedly or whatever mm-hmm. but we do that shit where it's it's too much mental gym- gymnastics like yeah on all accounts office or stage too much this is crazy yeah no it really is when i opened the four naturals hair spa so i started the hair spa in 2019 I kind of had a moment, not kind of, I had a moment with the real version of the character that I was playing that like started this whole thing. So it was a full circle moment. Um, She worked for the Secret Service and she told me that when she watched the show, she, her heart broke for me because she saw what was going on, but she was going through the same thing because the offices that she worked in required a professional look. And the Mm. professional look was straight hair. So she was relaxing her hair for most of her career and then wearing wigs. And then she got a job at a Dallas office. And so she was flying from Dallas to LA to do these treatments. And she told me that it was only because of the current job that she had that she was open to exploring her natural hair. And she was in her 50s. So... For her, it was like, and then it was with me. So it was like a super powerful moment. But her aunt, who had picked her up from the hair sal- uh, from the airport to take her, had saw her hair for the first time. And she told me like in the, the course of the day, like it hurt her that her aunt's reaction to seeing her natural hair in its natural state without any water, without any water, without any like gel or twisting or anything, just like how it grows out of her head. And she was just like, oh, my God, like, and you said that she has its natural. It doesn't have. Oh, God. 
Oh, because for her, this is her successful niece and, you know, and she's never seen her like herself before. And she was like taking it in, but her aunt was like going in. And so that morning her aunt prayed with her before her hair appointment. What? Like that was how like she was just like concerned for her. And so when she went back home and her aunt saw like how gorgeous her natural type four curls were revealed to be with this treatment, it was like, it wasn't like a complete 180 because it was just like, well, what the hell is in that? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean but it was the the feelings of like, it's that deep. It's that deep for all of us because- Why? Assimilation. This has been the story of this country since before. Like, it's not just us that was getting it. It was the Native Americans. It was the Chinese. They were cutting their cues in San Francisco because they were bald. And then they had that long braid in the back. And so one of the racial racialized like assaults that the white men would do on the men in Chinatown was they would cut that cue off. For the Native Americans, this they were literally called assimilation schools. Yep. They cut the hair. So white people have had a, like, it's part of colonial power to control people with their hair. Yep. And for us, what I have learned, what I've come to understand is that for black people, it's this control by neglect. Because these cosmetology boards have been certifying Black people to do other Black people's hair for decades. It's disturbing how white that certifying body still is. Like, why hasn't there been any research or adoption of even Andre Walker's hair typing system that's been around for 30 years? They don't even acknowledge that there are different patterns to the hair besides straight. When it comes to getting certified, you're certifying on a straight hair mannequin. The only thing you do that has to do with our population is the relaxer, and that's done on a straight hair mannequin. So for us, you know, for me, one of the things that I, I don't know, I've just always been like, I don't know, dogged about is making sure that the least of us is actually free. Like- How am I experiencing lack? How am I experiencing a different experience, like a different treatment? You know, I come from kids. Like my mom was 17. My mom was 18. My dad was 17 when they had me. So like my mom went to jail when I was five years old for a couple of years. Like because she's a felon, we had a certain like a cap on what we were able to have as children, right? And she was also a kid. So she made really dumb decisions after that anyway. So for me, I've always been aware of like, wow, like she would put, we would move to these like white neighborhoods and then she wouldn't pay the rent and until we got evicted, but we got the whole school year in and then we moved somewhere else. So I was always like around like these like white kids that had like different like backgrounds and being in class with them, like recognizing that teachers that I loved, like as a kid, it's fucked up getting socialized like this. Like I loved learning. And so I just naturally loved my teachers. And it was always heartbreaking to understand that that love was not being reciprocated. That I, in spite of me being a good student, in spite of me, you know, trying my best, I'm not going to be treated the way that 
these kids are being treated. And yet, like right now, they're so worried about white children in schools. Oh my God. How they're perceiving the information about truth in America. Um, I do want to ask you about your company, your products, what it does. Well, first, what, I mean, we all, you know, for the first time, foresee hair is something that was like in my, like years ago, I was like, whoa, we got a number (laughs) and a letter. Oh, (laughs) for those who are listening that aren't, you know, black or who don't know, what is type four hair? Oh, I'm really glad that you asked. So, uh, (laughs) Andre Walker was Oprah's hairstylist. That's why he was so famous. And he created the first hair typing system. Hair type refers to literally just the pattern or shape of the hair strand. And so what he, he did, he categorized four different hair types. There's straight type one, there's a wave type two, there's that ringlet type three, and then there is everything after that type four, which we, when at colloquial terms, will be like the people with the fro, right? That's type four. But within type four, you got letters, right? So in some of these uh, 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 categories, they have subcategories. And so for type four, the subcategories are A, B, and C, like the others, but A is like a a looser, wavier uh, curl. The type four is a a more, uh, type four A is a a more uh, like a a pin screw. Type four B is that wave, like that zigzag. And then type four C is that it's a zigzag, but it's uh, the zags are zigging, real zag. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And so... (laughs) And so online people go, oh, I got 4Z hair, you know, because they're, they're like, uh, they're combining not only their hair pattern, but also their hair porosity, their hair density, they're, they're combining all of these things. So when I created 4Naturals, I delved into what are these separate things? What do they measure? What do they do? And what do they need to be healthy? What does it take for somebody in that type four category to have, quote unquote, good hair? And so what does that take? Well, when we talk about like the way the hair feels, like it's hard, right? How does the hair react to water? Well, if the hair reacts to water where when it gets wet, the droplets like roll down the hair before they absorb, that's low porosity. Low porosity cuticles, it's it's just the, the health of your cuticle. You have more oil-rich cuticle scales, and they're tighter, right? So water and oil don't mix. That's why it takes a while for your hair to absorb water. Oh, I should have said that in my joke. I used to do this joke about how I dated a white guy, and he and I would be in the pool, and he, and he would be like, it's it's still dry. I should, I should have said <laughs> It's still low porosity. It's low porosity. <laughs> it's low porosity. Low porosity. <laughs> it reminds me of the ducks in the Dawn commercial where the oil is just coming right off of them. Yeah. Yes. That's, low porosity that's, ducks. That's low porosity. Yes. And they're like, my hair is hard. It's brittle. It's, you know, ah, 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 ah. And that's just the way it is. Right. But it's not. High porosity, you literally have potholes in your cuticles. Your cuticles are made up. They're way more water rich. 
and you've got holes. So your cortex, the stuff that is responsible for hair color, the, the hair type, all of that information is stored within the cuticle in the cortex. It's spongy, it's jelly. When your hair is high porosity and you get thermal damage, you notice how the diameter of your strands are reduced, right? That is the cortex being damaged. That spongy stuff has been fried out and you're just working with the cuticle and a little bit of cortex underneath there, right? And so you have to get that big chop. So when I like learned like what these things are, I went to the world and was like, give me a non-white but Mm -hmm. successful hair culture. And what were those hair cultures? India, Eritrea, Ethiopia, and Greece. And so when I looked into their hair practices and what they believed for like health, in India, it's Ayurvedic, right? Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurveda. We know Aveda, right? But what Ayurveda is, is the belief that you can use things in nature to heal the root cause of human maladies, not the symptoms, right? So the difference is henna mud mask versus a shine spray. Henna mud mask versus a wig. Henna mud mask versus a conditioner or a gloss or a gel even, right? It's we add a lot of products on our hair to give it weight, right? But instead, you just get like a product buildup and a puff. It sounds like Western medicine, like treat the symptom, not the problem, right? Right. And so we're an apple and get healthier, apple a day. But no, we don't want to keep the doctor away, keep you on these pills, keep you buying this shine shit. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. So back to like, so now you get me, right? Now you get me. When I was like, they're just telling us our hair isn't valuable, so we buy all of this shit no. and we give them our money. When you add the four naturals treatment to, and this was like part of it, it was like I was living it. Since I started doing these treatments on my hair, I was spending no money. I literally was just using everything that I had bought previously, like gels, condition, whatever. I was using it all to the bottom, like to the to till it was gone because the experience pre-treatment was you use a product it works like twice and then it doesn't work anymore and you're like what happened but you keep it because you spent money on it and you're a hoarder so what i did you know after using the four naturals treatment was like i decluttered all of this hair stuff because because of these treatments the goodness was left in my hair it is the henna that my hair moves yeah, like it. this. It's the henna that's created these. How did I do this this morning? Elongated curls. Yeah. Yes. I, I touched this up with water this morning. I just used some water and like smoothed out some of the frizz and it's just curls. So I wanted a healing experience. What is healing? TK healing is literally come a on, different experience. At the very basis, it is a different experience. Yes. So what does hair healing for type four hair look like? It looks like going outside and it rains and your hair gets wet and it's a travesty because it stands up, it shrinks and it gets hard. The different experience post-treatment is your hair just curls. Like there is no shrinkage, no going left. And then I just shake out whatever didn't absorb 
and I go on with my life mm. because water is natural and I'm a human, right? So I, my hair should have a good relationship with these earthly, you know, things. How, and so that's the difference. How long did it take you to um, shake off that mental thing? You know, cause um, I remember when I got, I got my big chop and I still had the reflex of like, whoa, I can't go out in that rain. Well, like, you know, I still have that like uh, colonialist thinking and I'm like, no, we don't. It's not just the like, yeah, I, I, I know I can shake it out intellectually, but my brain can't shake this out. Like when was, when did that click for you? So for me, the trajectory was one where I started with the belief. My hypothesis was I can fix this. I can yeah. fix this. Right. And so when I started experimenting, it was really like, it was an experiment. I didn't, nothing in my life was that like high stress at the time. So yeah, it was, I'm gonna try to go to this pole class after my third treatment a week after and sleeping on my hair and see what the sweat do. You know, that first treatment that I did, I had, and I call this like my my black girl denial, like my, like, it's just that like, I don't know if I could trust you, you know, like that lack of, it's like, oh, no, I'm not sure. You might turn on me, you know, like they do before. Um, <laughs> and it was like I did the treatment and my hair was different. It was like all of my strands had been drawn, like traced. You know how you like trace outside the line and you just like define things? It was like that. And it was like, and it moves but this was only the first day with the first treatment. And then I waited days. It was still kind of the same. Then I did another treatment. By that third treatment, I legit was like, bitch, ain't nothing nobody can say or do. I'm fine. Like, I'm great. Like, as it is. And that first, like, pole class where, like, it, I had, like, two or three classes that day. My first teacher was like, you know, because I was doing search party when I was going to this pole uh, studio. So I had this wig. And so they were used to, you know, when I go over, you see everything. Right. And so now I'm walking around and I'm just like, you know, doing a little exercises and, you know, everything's like moving around. And she's like, did you cut your hair? Did you like having this public conversation that, you know, that's actually like none of your business and like, should be private. private? Like, why are you like having this? And then I remember dancing. And I remember like, just like, this is a sensual body. This is what I want. This is like, after I sweat, after, you know, whatever, I still look like me. I don't have to go, some, go somewhere to return to myself. Like, this is who I am and what I am. And that is so powerful. And so TK, it was like month after month in 2019, I started in March. Like that was like my first treatment. But by July, I was like, this isn't even fair. Like, I would go places and I would see black women look at me. And I know I'm light-skinned, so they were like, oh, that's probably like, ah, bitch. You know <laughs> And I'm like, I'm like, no, girl, you don't even know. I was humiliated like, in front of millions of people. This ain't it. Like, this is new. Like, this they were, is, they you wanted can to have know who this. You, who you were mixed with. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, nothing. Just mix the henna with water and you got it. Like, this mud mask with water and you got it. Yeah. And so it was month after month of like barrier after barrier being broken down. 
And then I started in July. And for a few months, I didn't even like I had this space in the Salon Republic. And I did a survey like if you want to try this treatment and you're in L.A., try it for free. You'll sign up for seven to nine treatments. But you got to let me use your photos and you got to like we got to document this because this is like it worked for me. I wanted to make sure it worked for everyone. And I always tell this story about Keisha, who was turning 52 in her first treatment, between her first and second treatment. And she called me up. She was the first person that I did in the lab because she was like, look, I know you, you're not set up yet, but I'm actually going to Hawaii. And you said I could get in the water. So I just put it in my hair. I don't care what the place looks like. She goes to Hawaii. She's swimming with the turtles. She's sending me videos, putting flowers in her hair, like soft life for real, right? And it was like, Shalita, I used the hotel conditioner, like you said, and I sprayed some lot of body and I was done before everybody. Juicy, like it looked like a jerry curl. Like her hair looks like a real jerry curl. Like they're like on my wash day days that it does look like a jerry curl. But then like, like I didn't, I washed my hair on Friday. Like this is like, like I said, I touched it up with water this morning just to come and do this, right? Yeah, I'm like that's ease. Your, like I'm, you know, not to like, but I'm looking at your hair color and moisture, and I'm looking at mine. <laughs> like I could use. See, the the thing is, is I use uh, jojoba oil, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then um, and for a while that's all I used. Because mm-hmm. I had a woman tell me, you know, a lot of the products have wax in it and it's mm-hmm. on your hair mm-hmm. and you don't want that. Right. Yeah. So I I have more of a combination. There's there's three and four. The back, well, in your 50s, you know, because your hair starts to change texture. And this is what I'm about to lead to this next question. You know, like the back is like uh, Ashkenazi. You know, that's in my blood. So the back is like Ashkenazi. The center is definitely the Congo, <laughs> um, and and definitely C four four C. And then the front, I'm losing hair. So I actually, I, I will. You got some baby hairs in the front. Well, it was baby hairs, <laughs> and now it's become baby hairs trying to go away. Like it's, it, you know, it's uh, menopause. Okay, you start to lose hair. So my question is, how your product works with women who have or going through menopause. That sounds so New York. Menopause. I love it. <laughs> for menopause. Can you can we talk about um and then also for combination hair? Now, yeah. Who have dreads too? Okay. okay. That's not for dreads, really. But. It's not for dreads. Why? Here's why. Because henna, that the henna mud mask, that's the magic. That's responsible for all of this. Henna naturally absorbs onto the strand, right? And we have like coffee in this. So for people with dreads, if they're long, they're pulling on their scalp already. So any adding anything to the dreaded hair to make it heavier is actually the wrong thing to do, right? And then having the coffee in it, it's a bitch to get out, right? And so that's the main like so it reason. Gets it gets caught up in your locks. It gets caught up in your locks. Stay there too long. Yeah, exactly. And and again, the henna it makes the hair heavier. It drops and defines the hair. I have curl friends. That's what I call my four naturals clients who have written in who have Graves disease. And I'm going to show you what we do for alopecia. Mm. Even so, let me just run through this really fast. 
So this is what the treatment does for other people. So this is the first treatment result. So the first thing that people notice is that the hair is softer. That's like the first thing that like my hair is soft. Um, I had a woman from PA who like, was like, I got four Z hair. She was like, Shalita, I can detangle my hair with water. That's crazy. And I'm like, yeah. So this is the same head of hair. One half is treated. One half is not treated. Both sides are wet. So this is, it literally just changes the hair. One treatment. Um, alopecia combination. So this is like henna overcolor. Uh, it doesn't really change the color. It really just drops and defines the hair. For someone who's losing hair, like uh, Kelly, she was an she's an actress. I met her. Uh, she's a product tester. The person on top was a paying customer. Um, she looked like her before with the headband on, and I was like, I applaud you for working with what you got, and it can be better. And so she trusted me, came and did the treatment. But that was the same day. So what are you seeing? I didn't miracle grow the hair out of her head. We just made the hair that was attached that is not working for her because it's standing up. We It drops and defines it so that you have more camouflage. Um, so, what do, so this is progressive. So in every jar, there's about three treatments. If you have medium to long hair, it's about three. If you have shorter hair, you can get more. Or if you're using it for your beard, you can get more. But in three treatments, because the henna is physically lodging onto your strands, unlike your avocado mayonnaise deep conditioner mask from Target, every treatment you do literally builds on the last, no matter how uh, the, the treatment cadence, right? So these photos were taken within the same month. The bottom person is actually Keisha. She went to Hawaii as her first photo, and then she finished out the rest of her month looking like her third photo, right? So chemically treated hair, it's perfect for chemically treated hair. You have busted down your cuticles with chemicals because for whatever reason, you want to change the texture of your hair. But what all of these people find is that they have to end up doing their hair because the way that the hair looks, it's limp, it doesn't dry well, like it doesn't look cute. It doesn't look like the box, right? So she was curling her hair to like make it do something. Now she can just wet it and go, right? Because that's what she was going for. And that's what the henna did to the hair. And also henna, a color over henna. So the reason no one has done this, guys, it's all the cosmetology board's fault. They say henna is horrible for the hair because it makes color, when it interacts with color, the hair smokes up into, it will catch fire, turn into smoke, and the hair like dissolves, right? Yeah. Yes, that's what they say. And so whenever like I've done, you know, talk to people in the hair business who have a cosmetology license, their sphincter goes right up into their throat. And I explain, what you remembered is incomplete and it's also misinformation. They said that there are hennas that contain chemical and metallic salts. These metallic salts interact poorly with the color. Now, what are the hennas that have this? It's a henna that literally says, fast 30 minutes because there are people from India and other countries who know the coloring properties of henna and they're using that kind of henna to color their hair real quick because right. natural henna it dyes it but it's not 30 minutes right yes. overnight you sit exactly. this thing on your head exactly. well, I've been there <laughs> so so when you put regular color over regular henna lawsonia the hair just thrives 
So if you go to Amore's Instagram page now, she just did another hair straightening and she got a bob. And her story, she's a licensed cosmetologist, is she was on a cycle of Big Chops pre-treatment. Her hair would grow, she would color it, it would deteriorate, she would cut it. It would grow a little bit, she would color it, it would deteriorate, she would cut it. And so she decided, I want to grow my hair, found out about the Four Naturals treatment, and she's thriving. And then heat damage. The last part of the hair to come back are the ends, right? Because that cuticle has been opened up, the cortex, spongy good stuff has been melted out, right? And so it's like stringy. The first thing that comes back with the Four Naturals treatment are the ends. So we turn heat damage into heat stress so you don't have to do a trauma cut. Right. And she was still flat ironing her hair between her treatments. So it's really just a hair care regimen. It's care for us for the first time. Alopecia. Oh, this is type three, type two. I, she didn't even know what hair curl type she had because she's African. Everyone in her family has that regular, you know, African hair, right? And she had this stringy, it would grow long, but it was tangled. We found out she's a type two. That's what henna does. It reveals your true curl pattern because post-treatment, your hair goes in that beautiful pattern that it is on the hair chart, right? You don't make it. It just reveals what it is naturally. And that's what it does for type one, alopecia. So For those of us who are struggling with like extreme hair loss, right? Like alopecia, traction or otherwise, you go through these cycles where your hair grows again, right? And so she was in a a regrowth cycle, but she still had these parts that wouldn't come back. So she was still stuck in wigs, even though she had a good deal of hair. Well, after one Four Naturals treatment, the henna drops and defines the attached strands. So this gives her true options, right? Like no longer is she stuck in a wig. She can find different ways to work with the hair that she has, right? And because I dealt with the bald spot in the center of my head, that is like really no longer, it's like a joke. But in my research of cosmetic chemistry, I saw the study that was done with minoxidil, the only FDA approved drug to grow hair from the scalp, right? And microneedling, one of the only, uh, uh uh-huh. Well, it's the combination of the two that grows your hair back faster. I don't do it on my head. If you have any scalp loss, right? Density loss, what's density? Density is the amount of hair strands in the square inch of hair, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you pull it either way, you can tell if you have a low density, if you can see your scalp. It's a high density if you can't see your scalp, and it's medium to low if you can see a little bit of your scalp. So for those of us who are experiencing density loss or hair loss at the scalp, a combination therapy of microneedling and minoxidil will bring it back. This has been studied by the government, and it's the only study done using the combination <laughs> I therapy. I see me telling Jen, who does my fit, get, it, get, it, get in there. Get in there and do that. I, we, we have like videos of, of me doing this, uh, treatment on myself, but yeah, so that's what I can do. Like, that's what that henna mud mask does for all of us who are struggling with thinning and, you know, like curl damage and ah, ah, frizz, whatever it, this is the solution. I applaud you so much on this Juneteenth for providing a product 
you know, I know this is going to come out after Juneteenth, but I just want to remind our listeners like when, what Juneteenth sort of has us reflect on is how to bring back money into our community. Yes. This is a black owned product and it is one that works. So, and I'm going to try it. Are there now the pr- people are struggling right now? Are there some ways they can, are there any times when they can get a discount? Oh my God. So for your podcast, we have discount codes. So I will give you those podcast discounts and they're good because this is a, a treatment that you need to add to your hair care regimen, right? So what does this mean? It means basically when you treat your hair, you remember your two year long wash days, you can take a year and a half off of that. Because everything that you had to do prior to like styling your hair, you no longer have to do because you did it with the treatment. So when you sit with the henna on and you rinse it out, the henna is still in there. So you can touch your hair up with water. You can just wash it and throw it in a ponytail with some gel if you want or conditioner. I was just at the beach. I was in, I live in Mexico. We were in Puerto Escondido for like two weeks and I was living the beach life. And all I used was conditioner the entire two weeks, like get in the ocean water, use a natural conditioner. And I had curls and I felt beautiful. So that's the difference. So you want to add this to your hair care regimen. So we have deals for multiples even. I'm like, forget slavery. This is real freedom, y'all. Like (laughs) real freedom. Now, before we get into the hot topics and the hot topics will not take too long, but, um, I do want to ask you, you don't have to answer this, by the way. Okay. But are there any products that you want to trash that we used to use? Like, or some old hacks that we used to do that we should never do again? Like, um, you know, there's, there's some like old lotions or hair, anything that you can, if you want to be polite about it, you don't have to be polite about it, that we should. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, what's the word I'm looking for? It's too much of this. A little. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. I, I'm going to be, it's going to be practical. Okay. So this deals with the detangling method. So one of the things that we're used to doing is we detangle with a wide tooth comb, throw that out. And we detangle Ooh. from a straight hair mindset. Mm. When straight hair is detangled, the strands stand side by side, allowing an apparatus to go from root to ends without any obstruction, right? Tangled means that it gets caught. That's straight hair. For curly hair, or, and I know people with type four hair are like, I ain't got curls, I got naps, or I got a fro, you got curls. And I all, like one of the things that I love is revealing to people what their curls are in this process. But when our hair is detangled, we should see ringlets. So how do you get that? Well, you have to change a couple of things. One is our approach. We wet the hair, we might add some conditioner, and then we immediately start working that section. Hair is dead, meaning that it's negatively charged and dead things need longer to moisturize. So the first thing I want us to change is I want us to put our hair into six sections instead of four because it's too much hair with four sections. And I want you to add your conditioner. I want you to add a little olive oil. Fuck you, Rachel Ray, because that's why you think in the kitchen, right? But the people of Greece, the people of Greece have been using olive oil in their hair for millennia. Uh huh. And on your skin, it's very moisturizing. But what it does with the for the hair with the conditioner is that it gives the hair the kibba like feel. What's kibba? 
It's Ethiopian ghee. That's how the Ethiopians and the Eritreans have been detangling their hair. They use ghee because the ghee makes the slip better so you're not ripping out your hair and you get to reveal your curls. So once you add your squirts of, of olive oil, do that to every section. By the time you get to the first section, I guarantee you, you will have the easiest detangle of your entire life. And this is for all of your friends with kids. Just try it on the kids first. And I guarantee you, you will make your life easier. I love that. Guarantee you. <laughs> I should call that. This is the episode. Guarantee. So funny. As I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm still fanning out a little bit. I'm like, oh, God, I see your character in there a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, can I tell you? I It was so powerful for me, Marina, to read the Twitter comments on you that were like, I bet that ain't even her real hair. Or I bet that's like a sew-in or like it's given sew-in with a leave-out. And I did entire episodes, entire scenes with just my hair. The most we wow. ever did was a couple of clip-ins. And that was hair that I used, a, I did two Brazilian blowouts on for my Four Naturals audience. And then I did this. I cut off 13 inches of hair in 2021 and I grew it all back, not all, but I grew all of this hair all through 2022. And we did the grow with me challenge. The back goes to the nips almost. And so that is just a treatment a month. I just did a treatment a month and girl, I was fly. Even with the short hair, I was like, okay, Hallie. And then I, I like straightened it out. I was like, okay, no longer Barry. All right. <laughs> and then it was just like growing and growing. I love it. I love you. It's so great. <laughs> okay. So get your products today. I'm telling you, I'm so, I, my assistant was like, Marina, can we please have her on the show? Amaya. And I was like, look, and I was like, I'm just so happy that you're here. Thank you. TK dudes. TK. What yes. are you getting from all of this? Oh man, I'm just listening. You know what's wild? Because um I think like now we're all in like a lot of us are into this um natural hair care journey, right? And and how much we influence the people like I'm I'm influencing my mom who now, cause you talking. So everything you're saying, you're like Ayurveda. I'm, I've heard it before. Why? My mom lives on YouTube university. Hypocrity uh, says she's like quiche. Cause she could still call me by my name. Um, she said, you know, I have a uh, high porosity hair and let me tell you why. And so what happened was, and you talking and I just see it. I just see it. And she's, she did her big chop not too long ago. Like she was going strong and long with the perm strong, yeah. long, committed That's and right. into I it. I remember. Yeah. Girl, she is the polar opposite. Now she's damn near black Panther about it. Yeah. Uh, Listen, if y'all, if I put y'all in a room together, all y'all gonna talk about, she's not even gonna remember you from TV, sis. She's like, listen, okay, hair mask, what I gotta do? She don't even care all this shit you be doing. She just like, let's talk about hair, sis. So this is, I'm so excited because all I see is like, the opportunity for just different people to learn and different generations. And that the fact that we're taking charge, other people not even ahead of us, like, you know, the youngsters, they already know, young people be knowing, but it's really the older people that I think about. And I'm like, you guys, we can, um, we can like, let go. We can let go. It's yeah. Okay. And that yeah. lady's aunt you talked about, like, that like, kind of like, did not, 
was not really feeling it. And I was yeah, just like, Yeah, my mm. grandmother did that to me. Ooh, my grandmother so was the saddest moment. Like I, 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 cause I wish they had let go too that those yeah. generations before, but I remember my grandmother going, well, I don't know what you're doing now, baby. What's this? Yeah. And my grandfather owns a barber salon and my uncle, uh, sweet William, uh, we call him sweet William. So he had many wives, <laughs> but he owns the barbershop, which by the way, they used in Malcolm X, uh, but that's a whole other story on the South side of Chicago. But they, when my sister and I both stopped straightening our hair. It was a big problem. It was mm-hmm. like, no, what are you, what is this? Yeah. I mean, in anger, there was like an, an emotional reaction that you had to fight. Yeah. You to, like they- you had to like change people's mind in your own community about hair. I, it's, I, I remember coming back from Af- South Africa, doing a show in New York, in Long Island somewhere. And, uh, his brother was like, oh, we doing that now with our hair? Oh, wow. And I was just like, wow, so many. And then you get the opposite. You get some brothers who will be like, oh, sis, that is beautiful. You know, sis isn't sister, not sis isn't sister. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, he goes, that is beautiful what you're doing. Yeah. I love everything. I, and so you, you know, it's it's working. It's It's like a process. It's like the stages of like you were saying, sectioning off our hair. We're sectioning off and we're we're infecting everyone so that they get on board. Mm-hmm. Now these topics, um okay, so I'm gonna Are go hot. So hot. <laughs> we'll go to the one about Michigan just passing the Crown Act. Why can't the rest of the country? And another victory for Crown Act, Michigan has made it illegal to discriminate based on hair texture or style. On Thursday, Governor Gretchen Whitmer She's a Democrat, signed the law, which prohibits discrimination in the areas of employment, housing and education due to natural and protective hairstyles, including afros, dreadlocks, braids or cornrows. Black, you know, it's it's true. Like more than half of the black women in the survey believe that they had to wear their hair straight in a job interview to be yeah. successful. And two thirds said they had changed their hair for a job interview. Keisha, yeah. have you ever had to do that or? I mean, I've done it, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I've done it. Um, I don't do it anymore. I haven't, you know, like I've been wearing my hair in locks since like 2013 or just shaved it off, like just experimenting and just showing up as this is me. And then realizing like if if you don't want to F with me like this, then this is probably not the job that I want to have. But also getting to that point is very hard because, you know, like you just want you want to pay your rent. You don't want to jeopardize that, you know, like all these things. So, yeah. Yeah. And and they also it's insidious. Right. So they'll, they they won't say it, but you'll know that that's what it is. So then, like what I'm curious about this law is how are they going to when it's time to prove it? Right. Like that someone discriminated against you because of hair and like what are the receipts that we're bringing that are different than the receipts we've been bringing before? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause usually you might not even get in the door. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw this TikTok or this like whatever Instagram reel. There's a guy that he's dark skin in a light skin country. And the people at like the best buy was like, Oh, I'm not even gonna like, well, I'm not even going to entertain this conversation. So I'm like, how do you even say someone is discriminating? They didn't hire you. You don't, they don't owe you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, it's a lot for me. So I'm very curious what y'all think. Like, how do we prove this? Well, that's going to be the part, the execution. 
Yeah. You know? um, the videos. It's always the phones and the videos. Yeah. Um, Not somebody course, touching your hair. Of course, AI is here, so AI may actually. <laughs> well, we won't have no jobs. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I would love to, you know, I don't know if you've practiced Googling on AI or or used it, uh, GP chat, chat mm-hmm. GPT or whatever. Uh, but whatever you ask, it is like still done by a white person. You could tell. Oh, yeah. Whenever you ask about black things, it's it just doesn't seem to have the it, it seems to struggle. AI is like, uh, what? What yeah. did you mean? <laughs> so when you hear this now about the law, Michigan just passing the Crown Act, Shalita, like, how do you feel like, do you wish you had had that when you were on the show on NCIS? Well, I mean, I think that it makes what they're doing with the Crown Act, it does make people more aware that this is a struggle that is unique to our community. I think we've had like these viral moments on social media where, you know, hair discrimination is on full full display asking kids, well, demanding that kids cut their dreads before, you know, doing an event or dismissing kids from school, like suspending them for not meeting these like. um, So I do think that in in a way like the Crown Act is going to kind of dead the more egregious um, examples of hair discrimination where it's just more blatant and more overt. But to your point, TK, it I I do I would be curious to see how you prove that if you aren't even let in the door, you right. know? And so for me, how how do I feel the Crown Act would have affected my situation? I think that it would have made it easier to sue at the end of the day because it it was clear that this was what this was. Um but I think more than anything People just need to know that this is what's happening. Like I've spoken to people of different races about the Crown Act. And the first thing that they say is like, I didn't know that that you can't do that. And I'm like, it's literally yeah. happening. And you, I have to fight their reality of like, you know, there's no way you that this is happening. Anything. Yes, you must be. You didn't read that. Right. And I'm like, Google it. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I, I can't like have this conversation if we're not in the same section of the library, you know? So like, I think that it will, uh, a federal passage will spark or provoke a, a national conversation about and a very insidious way that we have been discriminated against. Every black woman knows, especially if you work in the fast food industry, which is like, <laughs> The gall. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. really, McDonald's? You have a no <laughs> micro braid, but go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Like, really? This is fine. Dying. Like, come on. Um, But, like, everybody knows, like, g- having that weekend or taking a day off and <laughs> getting your braids done and coming back with different hair sparks a, a litany of interactions yes. that can result in a firing for some of us, you know, like some of us don't even make it the full first day with the braids back, you know, before you cuss somebody out for coming for you with the braids, you know? So it's, it's, I do, I, I, I'm hopeful that there will be like a federal passage. Um, and I'm curious about how this will be perverted, 
mm-hmm. um, to fuck us in the end anyway. Because it will you know. be perverted. <laughs> yes. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> America. <laughs> right. Then we have this other article that um, Ari put actors settle case on inclusive hair and makeup styling on film and TV sets. But it's in Canada. Uh, last year, Actra. You know, I always forget there's they have their own union. Mine's yeah. like, what's Actra? Oh, who is that? Canada, Canada's Actors Union filed a grievance against the Canadian Media Producers Association that um, BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C performers were being denied hair and makeup people with right. experience and knowledge working, with, which is what you were saying, working with natural hair textures and darker skin tones. So they're saying our hope is that the entire industry will join us in doing their part to build a more inclusive industry because it can't be done alone. Um, yeah. So, you know what's wild? Yeah. That that's the that's the bare minimum, like the bare minimum to get people looking how they should look. And this had to be like we have to pass a law and only people in Canada are getting it. Like we don't even have it here. And it's literally the bare minimum make someone look how they should look. And like, that's why I think we're so surprised when we see good looking shit on TV, when it's black people, like when Issa Rae does all of her shows, black people are looking sparkly. It's some sparkly Negroes on that show. I love it. (laughs) Well, they look good. Cause it's like, it's just, you had one job. It's Make also look just good. supplying what we need. Yeah. You know, like, why is that so difficult? But it's because we, I think everyone was falling in line with the systemic, this, you know, racism of it. Even us. Like yeah. I was saying, I had even, I was on a, on a shoot for a show and I remember the, it was a black woman who just didn't want to, I could just tell, I was like, don't say anything because she's not having it. You know, they have their union jobs and you don't like like you were saying, you don't want to like take from someone's plate of food or, or home. But it's also like we also still need people to do their jobs by listening to what we actually need and require. Such a good point. Um, This was this weekend, the celebration graduation. She danced across the stage, was denied her diploma. We've seen this over and over again, but this was really, in this climate right now, just stood out as a woman who was also part of what's going on in the education system where, I don't know, what is this where they don't want to see us celebrating at graduation? So a high school graduation in Philadelphia is making headlines for the wrong reasons. I'm going to say... Hafsa Abdul Rahman, Rahman, 18, danced across the stage after her name was called at Philadelphia High School for Girls. And the principal then refused to hand over her diploma because of the display. By the way, the audience didn't really react. They just kind of laughed a little bit, but it was nothing huge. And uh, the school was has strict rules and they had warned students to tell their families not to cheer or shout at their big moment, which they didn't. And her family apparently was silent, but her performance of the gritty dance elicited laughter from the audience. So she did not receive her diploma. But go ahead, Keisha, what were you going to say? Oh, no, it turns out I was clicking in. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole. Um, there's a, Apparently they did it to three girls. Like they, right. one girl like did a little hair flip, like same. And I'm just like, firstly, you can't, you can't celebrate. Like that's another Philadelphia is a very black city. So like that shit is not lost on me. There's something about 
uh, controlling Black people's joy and emotions. Then you have young people, right? Like high school, controlling young people. Like this is the last opportunity to tell them what to do one last time. And then one of the articles I clicked subsequently was crazy to me. Um, It sounded like the person was like a lady of color who's like, you know, I get it. I get it. But, you know, we can't just let them do whatever they want because that's how they'll go out into the world. And there's always streets. streets. And always one motherfucker with the okie doke on one op op ass nigga. Like, yo, like, no, I was so upset. I'm sorry. I went down that rabbit hole, y'all. And I just couldn't. I said, who is this fucking fed working at the school? So anyway, y'all. And then when I saw the young lady, she's Muslim. I said, oh, they, yeah, they really wasn't going to let her in all her, her, you know, her accoutrement show joy. It, I just think that this shit is a operation of like white, another white supremacist, you know, thing. And it's slipping away all of their little, they see black people and people of color coming up and they just like, let's just like one, let's do little shit now. Let's mm-hmm. call the cop for barbecues. Let's do little shit to fuck with them now mm-hmm. because you can't do big shit anymore or you can't do it as open. So now let's just do little dumb shit mm-hmm. to black people's spirits. I think that like, so I, this story was like, oh yeah, I had a situation back in, it was, yeah, it was in 2019. I was doing a girlfriend and we were laughing and it was a new person at the front desk and we were like way in the back and she came to the back and was like, you guys need to bring it down whoa, you guys need to bring it down. Whoa. Oh my God. And I turned around and I was like, excuse me? And I was like, I'm with a client right now. And she was like, yes, but your your voices are like, it's like, and so I said, excuse me. I said, I don't think you understand. I took her out to the hallway. I don't think you understand. And you and were then, gracious for that. And, and then I, well, I, you know, decorum for my client, right? right? Like you need to have decorum. So we went out into the hallway And I laid into her in that moment. And she like tried to laugh it off and was like, "Ah, my ex-husband was black. And I was like, and again, you can't use your relations with other black people to excuse your behavior against other black people. And I explained to her, white people have been using our laughter. Like I went in and then I wrote an email through the company, to the manager. And I cited, this was in 2019, so it was like, 2017 or 18, somebody was laughing and and it was national news that they were discriminated um, against. He's on the Napa wine train. Yes, on the wine yeah. train, yes. So I was that, like, yeah. this is a very well-documented uh, behavior of white supremacy and I'm not going to have it. And if you're going to continue to have this person at the front desk and have her walk into what is a place of business and do this white supremacist shit, I will leave. And I never saw her again. Ooh, Ooh good. You and just you, crown acted they asses. Yeah, I mean, you have to use the, the uh, you know, in that email, that initial email, I'm like, okay, let me break down to you exactly all of the arguments that you're gonna have against what you're reading. And so read to the end, and I cited my sources, mm-hmm. <laughs> do the work yourself. And so if you're going to continue to, like, be disturbingly white, then you got all of the facts. There's going to be no, like, level of denial. Like, uh, no, there's no opportunity for that. State where you stand so that I know where I'm going. And I stayed. 
Let me tell you, all the listeners are going, Marina is so happy right now that you just said, because I write a lot of letters. I'm a letter writer. This is what they know about me. So they've called me a black Karen, which is not the, what you've just described is not being a Karen at all. It's just, it's advocating for yourself. That's advocacy. And knowing who you're talking to, like it's super important to understand the way that the other person is going to think if you are going to help them come to your side and see things the way that you're seeing it, right? So there is that white like denial of like, oh, white people would never. Laughter, that's so silly. And it's like, yes, it is. And it gets used all the time. All the time. Absolutely. So we're going to get out. But before we do, I want to just mention this one article and then we're going to go. But the slave descendants, because it's a positive story, slave descendants in Minnesota and Dakota to receive 50 million in grants. The Bush Foundation. I was like, what Bush? Yeah, which one? <laughs> I kept going, which Bush? The burning Bush? <laughs> the Bush. <laughs> I'm like, the Bush Foundation has seemingly got a move on repairing the generational wealth of Black Americans faster than any state legislature. According to the Star Tribune, the foundation will issue 50 million to slave descendants living in Minnesota and Dakota. The foundation collaborated with the Nexus Community Partners of St. Paul to push forward the first program ever to reverse the long-term economical effects of systemic racism. The Open Road Fund will open grant applications. That's today on Juneteenth, the day we remember the end of slavery in the United States. So uh, this is, of course, it will be past Juneteenth, but just keep in mind why it's important that we celebrate Juneteenth because of you know, projects like this, foundations like this. It's it's wonderful. Through this 50 million open road fund, Nexus has a chance to provide a return on the investment black folks have long made to this country and create black wealth. Yay! Yay. Yeah. I, and- I know when I read, it's always a challenge. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I got through it. Uh, yes. So I, I want to thank you both so much for being on Friends Like Us today. This was an amazing episode that is going in the direction of what I really like the podcast doing. It's creating solutions. We're not just talking about the issues, but we're providing a solution, a product that you can use. TK, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah. You can find me all over social media, mostly uh, Twitter, Instagram are at Tasty Quiche. Um, long story, but we won't go into it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm getting into my TikTok here and there because I'll be taking a train trip soon across the country. And I want to just I'm going to I'm going to just put it on TikTok. So at TikTok, I'm TK underscore creates because I do a lot of my visual arts there as well. So I want to see what it's like uh, being a black lady on on Amtrak and not come back for 30 days. Like this is also part of my TK day lifestyle, my rest and rejuvenation. I'm ready. I'm just going to be having these like diaries and shit for y'all. So I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. I love this. Okay. So, um, (laughs) Ah! so are you doing any of those like dining, like the, you know, the, Oh, like the different, um, cars so they have like a train pass and the pass is only for coach however 
um, on the way back, I feel like I'll deserve that. I'll deserve that treat. So like yeah. on the last leg, I'm going to see if I can save up enough money to get me one last ticket that is going to be in the like sleeper car. Yeah. All with yeah. all the views and everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm also on YouTube a lot too. So I went down to train rabbit hole. You, you've been on oh, the train. Your nerds are great. I love yeah. tra- train YouTube. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing. So Yay. I guess with friends like us, you don't have to be bald headed unless you want to be. And I'm over here thinking, like, I started thinking when you was winding down, Marina, I was like, fuck, it's friends like us. What is friends like us? <laughs> that was good. That was good. You want to be. Unless you want to be. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Socialita. Please come back. Oh, okay. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> but can you tell our listeners where they can find you and a friends like us? Damn it, TK. You're good. When you're good, you're good. <laughs> I just gotta give it to you. You're good. I told you, TK. God damn it. Okay. All right. <clears throat> where can you find me? You can find me um, on Instagram, Shalita Grant. Uh, but if you want to know about Four Naturals, it's Four Naturals Hair. Uh, on Instagram and TikTok. I deleted my Twitter because, you know, mm-hmm. reasons. And so that's it. Um, <laughs> if you're in Mexico, holla at me. I'm a temporary resident. Um, don't holler at me. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, woo, with friends like us. Shit. I just, uh, I'm going to do a TK inspired one. With friends like us. You can heal mind, body, and soul. Yes. yes. That was perfect. It's that true. was great. That was great. <laughs> Marina Franklin here. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. <laughs> and uh, with friends like us, you can have your hair the way it is supposed to be, coming out of your head. Yes. Amen. Check yes. us out. Oh, yes. <laughs> Perfect. Stop here yelling. <laughs> <laughs>